0: Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger.
1: I think we should go back to our old rules, Brad, of if Evan's here, he opens.
2: I'm, I'm very pro that decision.
1: It was far funnier than anything I could say. It threw off the listeners and it took the creative liability off of us. Although I've got
0: like, nothing at 9 p.m. It's just autopilot at this point.
1: <laughs> but when do I have anything? I never say anything of substance to kick off an
0: episode. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bullshit. People have just come to expect your openings, though. They, they're they just that's what it is. This is an attack.
1: I'm sorry. Garbage friend. Don't smile, Brad. You haven't opened in a month. <laughs> and It's been the greatest month of my life. <laughs> Anytime I say, hey, Brad, do you want to open? You say, can I say something deeply offensive? And I go, okay, I'm opening. I, I never have anything. I just love your reactions to that statement. Yeah, I know, because I've been scarred before. <laughs> Although, I'm not allowed to be mad at you. All of my experience and proficiency in audio and video editing has become has come as a direct result of you two you've made me better yes so
2: i owe you uh what's made you better us or evan's computer
1: oh boy you know i can't even blame only evan's mine has had its fair share of disconnects as well though i think i've solved it but since going remote for this podcast um For I hope the listeners haven't noticed because I hopefully I've made the transition smooth. We probably on 85% of episodes have at least one or two disconnects and in terms of like editing and then and matching the video to the audio like (laughs) the other I can't remember how many episodes ago it was but I think it was like 230 when I messaged you guys when I finished. Oh, yeah,
2: I remember that. I woke up to that uh, four hours after you sent it. <laughs>
1: I was like, oh, "No." Mel goes, "Hey, if you're done, we can." Uh, I don't mind watching like a late episode of this TV show or something. And I went, "How late are we talking here?" Because it's gonna be like, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be late. Oh boy! Welcome to the Wing Wheel Podcast.
0: Talking too much. I'm Ryan Hanna. I'm Brad. And talking too little. I'm Evan. <laughs> yeah, at least he's aware. <laughs>
1: oh boy on this episode of the podcast um the slow steady return to play continues and so we will talk a little bit more about um phase three hub cities uh federal decisions and everything in between um we're gonna talk a little bit about the red wings um Award nominees and recent signings, uh, do our requisite uh, NHL play-in series preview, and then, of course, our uh, NHL draft prospect profile series will continue. So, phase three uh, announced today, and um, it's not the amount of certainty that anyone is kind of expecting or could reasonably expect, but we have a starting date for training camps, which is July 10th. So that is a start date for training camps, but they have not decided how long these training camps will run or the start date of, um, phase four, which is the formal resumption of play. But the NHL and the NHLPA have at least agreed on, uh, July 10th. And that again, is all contingent on medical and safety conditions um, allowing uh, to do so safely without any um, issues that way. So pretty good step forward. And I think that sets us up pretty well, you know, again, all things going well for an early August return to play.
2: Except not for Detroit. (laughs) No, not when I, we don't get anything fun.
1: I use, the, I use the broad we. I don't use, yeah, I don't use Detroit. <laughs> Is that the royal we? Yeah, the royal we. Um, no, it, it, not anything for Red Wings fans or Senators fans or Kings fans or Sharks fans, et cetera, et cetera.
2: Or increased draft lottery odds. Thanks for nothing. Again, NHL. I feel like I, we need to say that every episode until that one episode Gary Bettman accidentally listens
1: to. The... Watching uh parts of the MLB draft, I'm like, I'm not sure if I actually like this, but I'm so entertained by it. And that's what the NHL's missed out on. I got lucky.
2: I actually got lucky where I was able to turn on the MLB draft for five minutes and it was literally the blue jays pick. So I, I got all that I needed and then I went and put the kids to bed.
1: No one cares about your blue jays. Because hey, Tigers man. fans are fully torqued right now. Yes, L son. Didn't the Jays
0: basically get the Phillip Zadina pick?
2: Essentially, yeah. It was great. Yeah, the Tigers and the Jays were the big winners of uh, draft day. So, really, we're all happy. Detroit fans are allowed to be happy for one. So are Toronto fans. This is a rare day in the sports world.
1: I'm not... I I will admit I'm not fully versed in baseball. I kind of only tune in um, casually... Um, unless the tigers are good that year in which case i'll make an effort to tune in a lot more so i'm more or less a casual fan um but from what i understand um torkelson right yes um he is someone described him as spencer torkelson from arizona was it yeah arizona state uh regarded as a potential generational talent or at least a franchise talent and they had him as a third baseman People expect him as a first baseman, but I think they're going to try him at third base. But the kid can apparently rake, and I'm just I'm just here for dingers. So that's a dinger for the Tigers, and uh, it was a nice, refreshing dose of some good things can happen to Detroit sports. So fingers crossed this summer uh, that continues. And in 15 days, wow, 15 days, we are two weeks away. Shoot, we are two weeks away from the NHL draft lottery, and then the uh, oh my god, continued. I didn't even realize that. Totally zoned out until this very moment. It's because I'm not looking forward to it. I, uh, I'm fully expecting. Like, honestly, because I, I know
2: I'm going into this with an 81.5% chance I'm going to be at least marginally pissed off. This is, what I'm not ever looking forward to something where I know over 80% odds I'm not happy. Now, one out of five odds are like essentially... Not the worst odds in the world could be worse. We could be New Jersey or LA, but they can go up in more than one way. We can't go up. We can only maintain, which is the biggest one of them all, but everything else is a downgrade. I hate this draft lottery system. I hate the draft lottery. My anxiety can't handle this. And I hate this draft lottery.
1: (laughs) Uh, I saw a tweet, something about something after like the Tigers picked um Torkelson, they were like, oh, things were looking up for Detroit Sports and they listed all these things and like the Red Wings expected number one overall pick. And I was like, no, oh, they're expected the fourth overall pick, my guy. It's not uh it's like statistically gonna be fourth overall.
2: Maybe, maybe they know something we don't.
1: Maybe. I don't know. Maybe this is all part of Gary's plan. Yeah, let's pick the stupid strategy, but let's rig it the old pittsburgh penguins way in detroit's favor um we are going to be doing uh some sort of live stream for that as well as uh we'll see about post episode stuff we'll have to shift the episodes that week if that's something that we choose to do um that said uh there's definitely going to be a live stream i think maybe yeah we'll 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 let you guys know what that is but yeah two weeks away Friday, June twenty sixth is the NHL draft lottery, uh, phase three. So a big hold up with phase three, or not a hold up, a big hold up for phase four is um, what hub cities are going to be chosen. Um, oh my god! Before we get into this, I just realized something. This
2: is going to be our last episode where we can't chirp the living shit out of him, Ryan. You are aware under uh, as of the next episode of the Wingwheel Podcast, you will be the only host in his 20s
0: oh yeah your birthday's
2: this weekend yeah we're two days away from evan's birthday his life's officially over he's
0: 30 remember when we said brad's life was over when he turned 30 now i unfortunately am feeling that
1: i thought you looked like a piece of shit today
0: (laughs) i feel like one right now too it's
1: because i'm getting old wow you guys are in the ground no i'm kidding i feel worse than you i feel worse than you guys look so uh yeah you know i often forget about the age disparity between us but uh, yeah it's because you
2: still care and things matter to you since when you're not
0: quite (laughs) as dead inside as us legitimately the
1: the only things i ever get passionate about are this podcast when we talk about it on pre-show when i when we yell at or with each other and that's the only passion i have in my life sorry mal I think she's upstairs. (laughs) But
2: but how many times in the group chat, just going to take a rough estimation, how many times has, uh, between the three of us, each of us went into the group chat all pissed off and angry about something that had happened and feels the need to vent about it? Because I'm pretty (laughs) sure the ratio
1: isn't very close here. It's not particularly. I had to scroll back to find a message that one of us sent like four months back and I was scrolling, I am scrolling, I am scrolling, I'm like, Oh, a lot of blue messages here. Lots of (laughs) me talking. Not a (laughs) (laughs) yes. Not a whole lot of reply. Yep. Because I probably get
2: the same amount of hate on Twitter as you do, or at least it's pretty close. But yeah, when you just hate everybody, it doesn't bother you. You still you still have that shred of sanity where you care if people like you, and hold on to that for as long as you can.
1: It's exhausting. It's dark on the other side of of that hill. My least good quality or my, my least useful quality is caring what people think about me. And I do. Like, I, I'm not going to try and pretend I'm some like guy who hasn't figured it all out. I definitely care what people think about me. And it's a problem because I'm also an asshole. And that doesn't <laughs> mix well. Because I piss people off and I'm like, but now they hate me. Now and I can't th- fix who I am. Now, see, here's the
2: glory of old age. And Evan's going to find this out soon if he hasn't already. When you're an asshole, and you stop caring what people think of you, it is the most freeing feeling in the world.
1: Yeah, I'll get there um, when I'm 30. Is that, is that when it comes, when you're 30? Uh,
2: yeah, I uh, will say. It's, it's been a few years for me, at least. The funny thing is, too, we're talking about this, and I know there's some, someone in their like, 40s or 50s right now who just threw their headphones out the
1: window. I'm sorry, guys. I'm being a dipshit. Like, <laughs> you're not old if you're 30. These guys are old because I know them, but you're not anyone else. You're young and full of vitality, and you are the fountain of youth. So don't worry about it. It's not about you. It's just about me looking for uh, reasons to pick on this guy. But Evan, um, I actually am a shit friend. Brad, do you just genuinely remember his birthday? Yeah. Are you just Jesus. good with birthdays?
0: I don't even remember my own birthday.
1: Um, I don't. I wouldn't say I'm good with birthdays. I
2: generally have a decent memory. When's my birthday? November, the I'm gonna. I have it's either the fifth or the sixth. I'm going with the
1: fifth, the fourth, but that's really fourth.
2: good. Fuck, I was close.
1: I'm not, I'm not even close. I'm really bad at this.
2: Yeah, uh, I've I have it. There's d- two days away, and mine's like a month in change away, Ryan. Pressure's
1: on. Ugh. Anyhow. <laughs> Uh, time marches on and so does our approach of phase four, but, uh, what's happening right now is the NHL is working closely with the Canadian federal government, um, to basically alleviate some restrictions regarding, uh, closed borders, 14 day quarantine, uh, mandates, et cetera, et cetera, um, By all accounts, it seems like those conversations are going pretty positively. Um, That said, there are going to need to be some provisions put in place by the NHL for the federal government to be satisfied by anything by using a Canadian city as a hub city. Um, And those aren't going to be cheap. One thing that I've seen are, are is the suggestion that teams have to be able to test daily or maybe even test daily um, and that can't come at the expense of publicly available tests. So they're going to have to source their own third party tests and pay for them themselves and be able to test every single person in their daily, which is like, yeah, it's not a logistical nightmare any more than anyone else is going through right now. But holy crap, is that a logistical nightmare?
0: Can I uh, get the name of the company they're setting that contract with so I can invest heavily?
1: <laughs> I told these guys, I pulled my trade, all my trading money. I must be the only person who's lost money trading in stocks since March. <laughs> I'm not investing in anyone anymore. Um, but yeah, that would be great. If anyone knows, if anyone has a hot tip and wants to do some insider trading, I'm just kidding, SEC, we're Canadian. Uh, it's, I also don't. I'm, we're poor, so... <laughs> we we do a podcast twice a week. We are not rich. Um, no, that there's going to be. I I honestly predict that this is going to be put into place for NHL teams. I think the Canadian government's not going to pass on the opportunity to bring some uh, revenue back into these cities, and these cities are going to clamor for the opportunity to be part of it. And also, um, the reality is uh, Canada's doing pretty well in some areas right now in terms of their numbers. So it works pretty ideally for the NHL um to have these cities as an option so um that i think will be probably resolved within the next week or two once the nhl has its hub cities decided then they can start to think about a start date and then they can start to think about um, how long they're going to be in training camp etc so um things are at a snail's pace but relatively speaking moving at a breakneck speed right now um at the way at the rate at which stuff is opening i might be able to get a haircut soon
2: I have a friend who's a hairdresser in Cambridge and she's uh back to work Monday, so I'm hoping to be the one of the first few customers before they get busy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I told my barber I'm just going to hold my mask against my face and he can have at it. I don't care. I'll hold it there the whole time. I also have to pay him triple.
2: What is your barber's name cuz I'm going to tell him to shave around the mask?
1: <laughs> His name is Evan Lobschminger.
0: No. Evan,
1: <laughs> Evan, if I paid you $40, would you cut my hair? Actually.
0: Would you want that, though?
1: No, I wouldn't. I would, would- cut your hair for free. Yeah, no, <laughs> the I realize crea-
2: Give me creative freedom, and I'm at- I might let you pay me $10 to do that, or I'll pay you
1: $10 to let me do that. Evan, if you paid me $20, would you let me cut your hair?
0: Yeah, I don't really care about my hair. I let uh, I let Catherine start cutting it by herself the one day. And it turned out okay. Yeah, like she didn't take off enough to make a real difference, so I was like Meh, whatever. No right. one really sees me right now. Anytime I'm outside the house, do that at the grocery store or the golf course. And both times I'm wearing hats, so it doesn't matter to me.
1: Phase 4. For Phase 3 happening, Phase 4 in the works, it's all very sad for Red Wings fans, but... um. It's nice that we will eventually have hockey back. And every day that passes is a reminder that the NHL is terrible at marketing itself. You know what? Hate on Max Kellerman all you want. People like him are going to exist so long as the NHL passes on opportunities for a free, captive, global audience. If they had the lottery in the draft set up to happen in June, they would have had a free Captive global audience. Think of how many people they would have drawn
2: into the sport from that. Do you know how you can tell this uh quarantine thing's gone on way too long and life's just dragging by? If that early draft they were talking about happened, it would have only been six days ago. I feel like that would have happened four
1: months ago at this point. It's such a, and I understand that we're coming at this from a Detroit Red Wings perspective. However, it is still the reality that it would have been an unmatchable marketing opportunity for the league. You're never going to have that opportunity again. And it's not like the system they set in place now has this insane advantage where they would like, you know, protect the sanctity of the draft because the draft order is still arbitrarily bullshit. It's based on a stupid arbitrary system. So just pick one that brings hockey back sooner and get people into the sport make people entertained and get people like Max Kellerman to shut the hell up. But no, he's going to sped off on ESPN and all of these non-hockey-focused networks because they don't care about hockey because why would they? They're never exposed to it in any kind of way that draws in new fans. I am a hockey pur- purist. I am, and you guys have seen that time over time over time. I don't like changes to the playoffs. I, I like, you know, uh, two-way players. I like defensive defensemen. I hate when the game that I've grown up with to or grown to know and love has changed over time um i just don't see how the nhl is not adapting right now in a way that they would like they just won't have this chance again is it the end of the world no but people watch the people watch the mlb draft yesterday and loved it that's how you know it's the end of the world people who never cared about baseball think about that with hockey man
2: Do you know what, as a Red Wings fan, would have got me through the summer? Spending 20 episodes deep diving and breaking down each of the Red Wings picks. We could have spent half of an episode all summer on someone they picked. And look... Instead, we're going to go into the fifth round and draft draft prospect profiles. And do you know how long we're going to be able to review the Red Wings picks once they make them? Probably like a month before hockey starts back up again. So, yeah, massive wasted opportunity because fans talk about that stuff. Don't get me wrong. I understand fans also, including us, love previewing and talking about the draft leading up to it. Uh, but that gets a little tiresome after eight months. Do you think in September there's going to be a single listener here who's going to give any shits about a draft prospect profile. I mean, I hope you guys do, but (laughs) we've been doing it for two months now, three months. Like we are going to literally get into guys. I haven't even heard of yet. And it's the NHL's fault. It's stupid. And you know, what would be the good thing about having this much lead up time to a draft is if everybody could watch this draft or everybody did watch this draft. Do you know what's not going to happen? nobody's going to watch this draft because what baseball basketball football and maybe even hockey will all still be playing being played at the same damn time again from a competitive fairness we'll call it and in a sense of getting it right which they didn't depending how the draft lottery goes i get putting it at the end of the season from a we need money and we like attention standpoint yeah you're absolutely right they did the dumbest thing imaginable they took a marquee event that's going to be absolutely forgotten about
1: yeah and before people tweeted at us again about what brad just said which is oh you like why would they care about podcasters That's that's not what brad's saying we're talking about the concept of attention and hype and like you know, generating content for the league, the entire media conglomerate that exists and is attached to the NHL and and professional hockey. That's what we're talking about. And we're not even a representation of that. We are, we are peanuts. We're nothing. We're a a fleck of dust in that world. But still everyone proverbially is going to be getting into fifth round picks of prospect profiles. People are going to be stretched thin. And honestly, I'm being dramatic here. Smaller market teams, they're like, media people are losing jobs right now like it's not easy times for these folks like it's and i'm not blaming the nhl for that that is very obviously because of the global pandemic but still think of how easily that all could have been
2: flipped i'll blame the nhl a little bit for that if there was content to cover people could have read the more people read the content, the more money fu- uh, funnels into those organizations. So yeah, we've had no content for months, but not even months and months and months. But uh, getting back to the one point you made off of my point, yeah, I understand that the the attention thing and the content thing isn't for podcasters. I get that, but what eighty percent of hockey fans will watch the draft. What are they going to want to do after the draft? The next day when they go into work, when they go hang out with their friends, when they're texting their buddies. They want to talk about the draft. It's not just that, oh, the draft happened and everybody forgets about the NHL the next day. No, hockey fans will talk about that for as long as they can. Like if you're an Islanders fan, you go, oh man, the Islanders got these five guys. What do you think? Talking about it with their other Islanders fans' friends. It is keeping the NHL in front of mind for a period of time. Now in something like a global pandemic where there's nothing going on, that three to four days where it would be at the forefront, could be three to four weeks like it's insane to me still that they miss this opportunity understanding that they wanted to go with the the fairness of it which baffles me more that they screwed that up still <laughs> but i get it i get where their heart was at on that one and a part of me can respect that because hey yeah we're losing money but it's fairer blah blah blah, blah, blah even though anyways um but yeah it's it's you're you're worried about how much money you're losing because of all this not having fans and then just piss it away it's it's asinine i'm uh
1: i'm just i don't care about money i don't care about money flowing into media none of that's relevant to us i just care about hockey fans being happy (laughs) like Mm -hmm. i just care about having something to be happy about like that little glimmer of excitement that when i turn the nfl draft on and again like I'm a Lions fan, so I I don't let myself be anything any more than a casual fan because I care about my own health and safety. Um, but when that NFL draft came on, I just felt like it reaffirmed sports' place in society for people who care about sports. Sometimes I I have these like existential thoughts. I'm like, this is all just like a distraction for us, right? Like, what does it really matter? And then I'm like, when that came on, I'm like, it matters as much as anything else because I care. And it was just such a substantial moment because you are able to get away from everything you are able to get away from the fact that the freaking world is ending around you You you're able to get away from the fact that you haven't seen your friends and family in how long like you're able to just kind of detach and experience something that you didn't have to wear or like put on your shoulders personally unless you're a lunatic fan like us and anyone else who listens to this podcast but it was just such a good escape and i'm like i wish hockey did this forget the money forget you know revenue forget professional sports league sizes forget you know fair fair play forget anything just the fans and their happiness and giving them something it's like again uh the end of the world or end of the league no they're gonna come out they're gonna do great they're gonna recover like every other professional sports league but it would have been so good have this one nice thing and as my friends evan and brad constantly tell me that is my s- mistake for expecting or even hoping for a nice thing in this world so shame on me for that all right uh moving on to robbie fabry uh awarded not awarded nominated for the uh, masterton trophy and i can't remember the exact descriptor but it's basically like um player who's demonstrated like resilience and a comeback and
2: perseverance and dedication to the game
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. um and the the bill masters trophy um it's it's the the notion of it is behind or er the notion of it is a player who has overcome something, whether it's personal or professional with Robbie Fabry. It's that he has recovered from multiple um, devastating surgeries to his knee um, and injuries and basically not really blossoming as a prospect until he came to Detroit. So uh, he's the Detroit nominee. Every team puts one up. Um, best exemplifies the qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to ice hockey. So, yep, Brad got that. Um, will he win it? No, I'm sure there's better stories, but it's nice. I like that Fabrio is put forward there. Oh,
2: of course he deserves the Red Wings nomination. I mean,
1: <laughs> perseverance
2: wasn't exactly a strength of this team this year, so I'm glad to see someone came through because when even when the trade happened, we, we knew it was a good trade at the time just because of how much of an expendable piece Jacob De La Rose was and but we were sitting there going well he's he was all right like if he can get to like a half a point per game like that's a grand slam and and dude plays over a 50 point pace in his time with the Red Wings so of course that's a great story of course that's perseverance it's it's amazing and he's going to get himself a contract with the Red Wings for who knows how long and hopefully he comes back next uh, march and kills it i, I mean I- Sorry, I think
1: I think Jonathan Bernier was like two or three shutouts away from being the nominee.
2: He uh it's cuz he only had to shit his pants throughout one game <laughs> which wasn't quite enough to meet the qualifications he had to have at least 3.
1: Should Evan be awarded this trophy from a media perspective because he has increased his attendance to the podcast 700%. Uh
2: I don't think it counts when he doesn't have to leave his house. <laughs>
1: that's hey, true we might not be too far uh removed from a uh end of podcast quarantine you think about that yeah no. that's true evan's like oh no huh, huh, i'm sick <laughs> we're that's, gonna make i'm going gonna to make t- you send a doctor's note
0: i'm going to areas that are too high risk
1: yeah the See, golf course i'm
0: gonna go to costco and lick the floor or something
1: it, <laughs> it'll probably make you healthier it's costco that it do might be right? yeah yeah um, the other thing with Robbie Fabry that I wanted to talk about. So that's good. He was nominated, um, for the Masterton Trophy. He's... Before, before we get off the Masterton, there's two real
2: nominees for this award. Who do you think wins? Clefbaum um, not Clefbaum. uh, Lindblom or Bobby Ryan?
1: I think Bobby Ryan's story is was good.
2: better documented, I think. And, and, and Lindblom hasn't technically come back from his yet. Lindblom is the one... No, he's going to beat it, but he hasn't played hockey like Has, next, he, he recovered he, yet, or I, last I heard, the re- updates were very positive. Okay, but he's his story is the type of story he should win it next season. Yeah, when he comes back, Bobby Ryan did it this season. Like if blom comes back and plays like three games next year, he wins by default. Nobody will sniff it. He just he absolutely wins it because he's going through something harder than anybody else in the NHL is going through right now. But Bobby Ryan had his. Uh, is it a relapse that did it? Is it the first time it happened? I can't remember, but comes out and then scores a hat trick like two games later and is a contributor. Then you couple that with, have have you heard Bobby Ryan's full life story? Mm -hmm. Did you see that documentary? Yeah. Holy hell. This guy deserves to win the Masterton almost every goddamn year. It's wild. It's insane. Bobby Ryan's not even his name. Like I couldn't get over that one. That's not even his na- actual birth name.
1: It's Bobith Riothew, believe it or I, not.
0: Sounds like a Pokemon.
1: <laughs> but <laughs> it reminds me of the list of the English sounding names from that Japanese game show that Joseph tweeted out Oh my god, I forgot to change my name to that. Uh, dying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think it's Bobby Ryan this year, especially after that hat trick game. I was like, that's such a perfect sports story. And I think it'll be Lynn Blum next year.
2: Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Really, nobody in the NHL other than Lind, Lindblom should show any dedication or even try to persevere because it'll all be for naught. <laughs> Don't say
1: that, man. We have to watch the Red Wings. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Come on. <laughs> okay, oh, uh, just, Justin Abdelkader is going to absolutely win it.
1: Okay? Hey, if Justin Abdelkader wins it, that means he's going to have a phenomenal season and I'm here for that. Um. Let's save the Robbie Fabry RFA contract talk for another day. Yeah. Yeah. We could do a full episode off of that at that point, but I do want to thank
2: you for reminding me about that name thread earlier. So I can properly change my name on here. <laughs>
1: uh, while I do that, I'll transition, I'll transition us over to um, the play and preview. So the series, we are going to chat about this uh, for a bit, this episode, and this is by no means a guarantee. This is the only time we're going to chat about these series, but just something to talk about is the uh, long covered and, uh, talked about pittsburgh versus montreal number one seed pittsburgh was the one seed yeah
2: well they're the one seed of the play-in because they're the fifth seed
1: right yeah uh versus the uh, montreal canadians and they were used as the poster boy for uh this isn't fair pittsburgh is in and they should be in but the canadians aren't even close and now if Kerry price gets hot you've now ruined the sanctity of the playoffs So let's look at this one objectively and remove our own internal uh, bias from this, not considering it from a draft perspective. What are we expecting this series?
2: Um, Montreal to absolutely pray that Carey Price stands on his head because there is... uh, Is there one position you give Montreal an advantage at? Like, Carey Price hasn't been that good in net. They have Shea Weber on defense and... I mean, Shea Weber, Chris Letang, different players, but in terms of overall impact on a game, probably pretty close. But I like Pittsburgh's depth there better. Uh, Pittsburgh on offense is comically better than Montreal. Uh, Montreal is going to be outcoached. Um yeah, there's there's nothing I like about Montreal going into this series. It's amazing. I have zero faith in a team that had a 1% chance of making the playoffs in a playoff series. So, amazing. Thank you for this, NHL. But, yeah. So, because I said all that, uh, Montreal 3-0. <laughs> is that your real prediction? Absolutely not. Pittsburgh 3-0 is my actual prediction. Yeah. I mean, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang all coming in rested against the 12th seed. If Pittsburgh loses a game, they it's on them. It isn't on Montreal. I don't care if Kerry Price stands on his head because Pittsburgh should outshoot Montreal 45 to 15 every game this series. Obviously, I'm being a bit hyperbolic here, but seriously, this is this is two different weight classes. This is a heavyweight fighting a welterweight. It's it's comical that these teams are playing in a air quotations playoff series this is the most extreme example we are going to get and don't get me wrong i don't completely hate montreal i understand that uh tatar is having a great year gallagher is always going to be in there they still have shea weber Carey price could stand on his head i still don't think they hold the candle to the penguins
0: i think we kind of or people created this false narrative that Montreal had a chance just because Montreal got in the playoffs. They're like, oh, Carey Price can get hot. He did it seven years ago. So he can do it again. Well, uh, I don't think this Montreal team is the same iteration as those teams of a former era. Um, The only thing Montreal has going for them is the fact that everyone else will be rusty. But so will they. But that's a great equalizer. So... If they have a-, a snowball's chance in hell, that's going to be it. But I don't see a team led by Sidney Crosby that's going to come out rusty. I-, I think
2: Montreal's only realistic hope in this series is shortly before this series starts, somehow exposing Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin to the coronavirus. That's their only
1: chance. Crosby beat Mumps, he'll beat COVID. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Uh, I Yeah, I, I want to go middle of the road here just to... Not be too crazy, but I can't predict anything besides Pittsburgh 3-0. I love Carey Price, and I think when Carey Price is at the top of his game, there's no goalie like him right now. He hasn't been at the top of his game for a couple of years at least, and so you can't really make that prediction reasonably without kind of just trying to pull shit out of thin air. So my my prediction also has to be uh, Pittsburgh 3-0. And you can't forget, like, Crosby, Malkin, you have Rust, you have, you know, Mark Donk. Twitter. Hey, Gensel.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, Gensel might be back. He was done for the year. And now all of a right? sudden, hey, Gensel's skating. Remember that 30 goal score? Yeah, we get him back too. It, it it pisses me off. Pittsburgh's not first place every year.
0: Yeah, you but if they lose, a- they could get Lafreniere.
2: Yeah, I know. You have Latang, Crosby, and Malkin. Any year you don't finish first, you underperformed.
1: Yeah. Uh yeah, so I I'm gonna go with Brad here 3-0. Evan, what's your formal prediction?
0: I'll give Montreal one game, and I I will love it if it's the first game.
1: Oh, that'd be some if good they drama. win the
0: debut in, of that series, that's gonna set the social media world on fire.
1: I would love to see Tomash Tatar go go wild. I would love to see. They'll bring Kot Kinyemi up for that, obviously, because the AHL isn't happening right now. Um
2: apparently it's gonna be twenty eight man rosters, I heard.
1: Yeah, so there's gonna be a no limit on who you can bring up. Like it's gonna be absolutely wild. Um I don't know. I would love to see Montreal put up a fight because I would love this to be a shining example of how stupid the NHL's plan is. Um in terms of like draft uh perspective um i'm here for the chaos of lower seeds going through like as a uh, a neutral hockey fan who doesn't have a horse in this race absolutely want to see the most chaos possible i want every single series to go to game five that sounds weird to say i hate saying that i'm glad it's only just a play in all right Um, we will circle back to these we're gonna have guests on to talk a little bit more about them um, as we come. So don't think that this is uh, done and over with for each series. We'll go more in depth later on, if we feel like it, depending on uh, what Evan tells us to do, believe it or not, Evan pulls all the strings for this podcast. Fact. Um, But for now, let's move on to our prospect preview. And this week's episode is, uh, or this, this episode covers a player whose name is so frustratingly spelled Ridley. Greg (laughs) Brad, Tell us about Ridley
2: uh his first name lacks an e thank you
1: well and also greg is spelled with an i in ei right i've would seen that, that, that spelling Grieg, greg then? a
0: few times what's that evan would it not be greg then what did he say before yeah did i say thought,
1: greg that's how brad told me it's pronounced no, i okay. usually rely on brad which is I, honestly a mistake i shouldn't do that
2: I, I've always heard Ridley Greg. I haven't heard anybody else pronounce it otherwise, but if it's Ridley Greg, that sounds funnier, so I hope that's the correct one. Um, interesting prospect, though. So Yeah, so it's funny that you mentioned how frustrating his name is because his calling card as a player is how frustrating he is to opposing defenses. Um, again, I'm not the biggest on player comparisons, but if you kind of want to know where Ridley Gregg is coming from if he were to make an impact in the NHL, think Tyler Bertuzzi. He is an at best average skater. He's not physically imposing, but he's got a really good head on his shoulders for the game. He is, I would argue, uh, puck skills are, are better or at least more creative than Tyler Bertuzzi's is. He tries uh, a few more things. Bertuzzi plays a simple game, but when uh, Greg goes to the next level, I think that's the path he will take to success is uh, be really good offensively. Think the game well, get in the right spots. Uh he won't be a line driver, but he'd be an amazing complimentary piece. Uh get under the opposing team's skin and just get on the ice and cause shit in a good way by every means necessary. He's skilled and abrasive. So um a type of guy that I would absolutely love to take a swing on in the
0: second round.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the Bertuzzi comparison, because one I also hate making comparisons uh, and the fact that that's yours means I don't have to hold myself to that. But two I think it's it's apt like Bertuzzi's by no means, you know, a physical powerhouse, but he's not afraid to throw his weight around and be a little scrappy and, you know, uh, get his nose dirty, which is always advantageous for a player as long as they walk the line. Um good two-way game, uh that's what I like about him as well. So, you know, he's listed as a center, but even if he doesn't show up as a center in the NHL, like you said he could be a good complementary player, uh maybe in the middle or down the lineup. Um, and also, his, his offensive creativity is really, really good. Um, really underwhelmed by his skating. Uh, that's something that I don't like, which makes me hesitate to take him um, high in the second round. But um, he is a very, very offensively skilled player. I think he has good vision for the game. Um, and he's he uses his creativity pretty effectively. You're right in saying that he frustrates other defenders. He's a hard player to defend. Um no like elite skill set of course we're talking about a second round guy here i would probably peg him like middle to middle late second round if a team's a true believer in him as a first or as a centerman i could see them bringing him in sooner than that but he's not like physically inspiring he's like a shade under six feet and lighter than i am so um it's not like he's going to be I don't think he's really a candidate to move up into the first round or anything like that. I see him as more a late second pick. Um, If the wings took him at 32, I'd be a little disappointed. I don't think he's got like the ceiling to kind of justify that kind of pick, but I agree with you that I would love uh, if he was one of the red wings pickups just because of his offensive creativity alone. And, and that kind of, you know, Tyler Bertuzzi type player can't get enough of it. Honestly, if you, if all all of the red wings depth or (laughs) like, second, third, and fourth lines had Tyler Bertuzzi-like qualities, that wouldn't be a necessarily bad thing.
2: He will be on the Red Wings draft board because we all know about Iserman's, he will not draft players that aren't competitive. He, he wants intensity on the ice. So uh, depending how high Steve Iserman holds that trait, we know he holds it dearly because he won't draft players who don't. Uh, but if he holds it really high, this could be a thirty-two, a pick thirty-two candidate because again, the number one thing everybody talks about with Ridley Greg is—is this guy goes a million miles an hour all the time,
1: but not—not not in speed.
2: No, 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 no.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. He he will. He is uh, what? What's a
2: good word? Fiery, competitive, uh, intense. All those words apply.
1: I have read and I haven't noticed this. I meant to watch more video to kind of go back and look at this. It's been a while since I watched any Greg highlights. Um, but I have read a couple people say the same thing, which is that his is skating is deficient or lackluster because of his technical stride. And that's not a good thing, but it's also not an awful thing because that can possibly be corrected. Sometimes it's a little bit late in a player's development, but if you catch it early, it's kind of possible to to get that corrected get that player to have a more efficient powerful stride where they're not you know flailing their their feet everywhere and losing all of their power um use utilizing their strength in the lower body more efficiently because the way i see him like he moves quickly with his like his short quick strides like his agility is there and i think you need that to be the kind of offensive player that he he is but in terms of his overall speed and overall skating it's not but if they can fix his stride then yeah not bad but what, what do you see about him as a viable candidate to stay at center is another thing that I would want to ask if the Red Wings are taking him at 32.
2: I could see it. Um, Again, I I, Greg has a better toolkit than he gets credit for because people love his intangibles. And his skating's not great, but he's a good passer. He's got good puck skills and he's got a pretty decent shot. And again, he, he's... He's got he needs refining to his game but anybody like him he plays defense. He he's responsible. He tries to make things happen in all three zones. I think he's the type of prospect you keep at center for as long as you can. And if that's his entire career great, but you give him that chance in the NHL and and you make him lose that position, you don't make him earn it. Like the opposite of what's happening with Rasmussen. He He's got everything but the skating to be a center. So if you can clean up the skating, I don't think there's any questions there.
1: You play for the Wheat Kings, right? Yes. I would love an excuse to buy a Wheat Kings Jersey. There's they're nice. They are yeah. very nice. So much of the WHL's jerseys are like, or actually a lot of the CHL's jerseys are just like weird. And like, sometimes they're overly stylized, but I'm really a big fan of them. Like, I can't tell if the Halifax Mooseheads jerseys are actually nice or I just like them because they're, like, so extra. But I really want a Mooseheads Zadina jersey.
2: I really like the Mooseheads jerseys because they got that color scheme right
1: before the Minnesota Wild did. And I've always been a big fan of Minnesota's red-green color scheme. Mm -hmm. But Halifax perfected it. Uh, For any Windsor fans or Windsor listeners, um, Windsor's off-white... And uh, navy W third jerseys that they had from the Mickey Renault days. Um, I would love a Ryan Ellis one of those. So if you have those in like a medium or even Pandering. small, let me know. Hit me that,
2: up. That is a good call on jerseys because uh, Windsor's current home and away jerseys might
1: be the worst in the entire OHL. It makes me so mad because they were they used to be good and then they just. Ugh. They just got on the train of continually updating them to keep up with the league. And I was like, oh, they were so good. And every time they updated them, they didn't. It feels like they
2: didn't take anything away. The piping apocalypse. Put it on. Shoulder bar apocalypse. Put it on. We're doing stripes down the center. Put it on. We're doing high arm sleeve. Do it. Like, I can't even tell you what the Windsor jersey looks like. I can't describe because it has everything. It's the worst jersey in the CHL by a long shot, and they, they have that's the, nothing against the team itself.
1: They had the old uh, like outline of a Spitfire, and then they went to like the cartoon style one, and I was like, Ugh. <laughs> I played minor hockey in the in the the arena, and I was just like, I hate seeing the new fucking logo everywhere. It's so annoying. Uh, but the off white, the off white and the dark blue W is great. But yeah, that, that's Ridley Gregg. Um, he is a later birthday. He's in July, August. August birthday. Yeah. So August you're talking about a guy we said, or I just said, if he's younger, so if you can correct his stride earlier, you would want a late birthday for that. So um, for him to be as high on this graph, this draft board with the late birthday, then yeah, that probably lends a little bit more towards what Brad said, which this guy might be viable as an, as a top of the second round pick. I, I lean towards there's probably going to be someone who shouldn't have fallen out of the first round there, um, but not a bad option. And who knows? Maybe he's there for one of the Red Wings' other uh, second or third round picks. So
2: Again, you never know what's going to happen, and it's, it's a million to one odds, but this is a guy that I have circled on my board that I'm like, oh, I would love it if he dropped to the Red Wings' second, second round pick.
1: And watch, he's going to get drafted, and it turns out his name is like pronounced Ridley Gryig, and we've just been saying it like assholes this entire time.
2: If he pronounces it that way, I'm going to pronounce it Ridley Gregg for the rest
1: of his career out of spite. I had a real nightmare the other day that Alexi Lafreniere got onto the stage and uh, he pronounced his name uh, Alexis Lafreniere. And I was like, oh no, we have so much material out there saying it wrong. <laughs> and then and everybody else. I, yeah. Um, I had a a long discussion with someone about whether it's Alexi, Alexi Lafreniere, like super like someone from middle America was saying a French name or uh, Alexi Lafreniere, which is a little bit different. And it uses it, it's still, it's French and uses just like the accent, but in an opposite direction. And I I just can't think that that matters. I think Alexi Lafreniere is just going to be what sticks.
2: I still remember for whatever reason, so vividly when Bob McKenzie was doing his podcast, like the first month, he was on anybody's radar. Mackenzie had a spiel saying it's Alexi Lafreniere and you pronounce the R. So it stuck with me. And again, who knows, maybe he pulls a Zach Parisi or a Brad uh, Marsh on garbage and changes how he pronounces it. But I I remember that clearly from two, three years ago.
1: Um, Yeah. And again, it's my nightmares. And the fact that I'm even dreaming about this podcast makes it more of a pathetic moment for me than anything based in reality so um anything else in the hockey world that's happened i'm just trying to think uh before we head over to overtime i feel like something must have happened lately no
2: um nothing ryan you are aware how the world exists right now right nothing is happening or everything is happening there is no in between that's true all the contact comes at once or not at all exactly so since uh you can't think of anything it means absolutely nothing happened
1: it means we are going to overtime and on this midweek episode of the Winged will podcast overtime is brought to you by our beautiful patreon uh, supporters their comments get read out exclusively on the midweek episodes as a way of saying thank you for supporting the show Um, RC d says trying to stay positive here. And we are about two weeks away from the draft lottery and I'm not feeling as anxious about it than I was a month ago than I was months ago being guaranteed a top four spot in this draft. We're going to walk away with the player that could be the best player on this team in the near future, whether it's Lafreniere, Byfield, Stutzler, Raymond, this is going to be a big time addition to our team and I'll be excited to draft any of them. That is a fantastic attitude to have. I'm going to work on holding that. I'm not even going to try to get Brad to listen to that. And I'm sure Evan will tell you the same thing.
2: I will argue This is the best draft in the last 10 years to have a guaranteed top four pick in. I will also argue that the fourth pick isn't going to sniff Alexi Lafreniere. Evan Pardo,
1: I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, Evan Pardo says, hey, fellows, longtime listener, new patron. Welcome, Evan, to the dub-dub, and thank you so much for your support. It means the world to us. Uh, I'm curious to hear who you think could be an off-the-board selection Stevie could go for at number four this year. Are there any prospects that you'd be fine reaching for? Conversely, are there any that would make you jump out of the window on draft night? Thanks for the great content.
2: Oh, if we're picking at four, yeah, there's about 24 guys that would make me jump out a window if we pick them. Um, who is someone I could see Eisenman jumping for Eisenman's the type of GM to have just big brass balls and go, we are absolutely dying at this position. We need a guy. So I think there is a reality. We're at number four. The Red Wings take
1: Askarov. I was, yeah, uh, it, it's It's a reality in that it's not probable, but we'd be crazy to say it's not like it's a 0% chance, right? Like, Eisenman took a guy who's ranked at best, at best, 21st. Oh, he was higher.
2: There was guys that had him higher than 21. He was like 10 to 15 on some,
1: but that is not six. Um, and so if you want something that a little bit more likely than Askarov, you can see a guy like Holtz going at four. You can see Perfetti. You could even see Lundell. I wouldn't be thr- Again, those are great players that in a lot of other years, they would be the fourth best player on the draft board. Um, but this year I think there's a lot of talent ahead of them. So I wouldn't walk away from that. I'm thrilled, but I'd come around. Askarov, honestly, if you want a player that's not in the top four, who could be the best player in the draft, Yaroslav Askarov is a great example, but goalies are so damn risky that I would jump out of the window because I could not face the reality of having to deal with that anxiety of if Askarov is going to pan out for the next five years. Um, but you want a crazy pick? Yeah, Brad's right. Askarov is there. and
0: That's probably not the best value pick. No. That you could make.
1: There's no value on goalies though it's like when you have an item in a game that you can't sell they don't show any value on it and you just have to kind of go buck wild and you it this it, is a stupid metaphor as I usually do
0: I don't even think there's yeah there's like no value in taking goalie in the first round other than how good Askarov has looked
2: it's funny though this this has always been the conundrum to me that that makes me laugh because I fall right into it too. I would think most hockey fans and most hockey people on the planet would agree the most important position in the game of hockey is goaltending. Because goalies aren't going to win you a lot of games, but they sure as hell can lose you a lot of games. So you need to have a goalie, yet the same people, myself included, will sit here and go, yeah, you can't draft a goalie in the first round. Absolutely not. Like, franchise changing position that you need to be on night in, night out. Nah, wait till the second round for that. Like it's, I get why because they're harder to predict, but man, you would think more teams would take more swings on goalies in the first round, given how important they are,
0: especially with how consensus Askarov's game is. Everyone thinks he's going to be a future number one goalie. And I guess maybe it's beauties in the eye of the beholder. Teams that really need a goalie will be like, oh, we need this guy. Teams who don't really think they need a goalie will don't care or they just don't see the value in using their first-round pick for a goalie.
2: I, I, I'll still say the same thing because someone asked like three months or four months ago on the podcast in overtime, like what what pros top 10 prospect or near top 10 prospect would you trade all your second-round picks for like if it got, he got to the 20s? Askarov would still be my answer there because it's a direct position of need that could change the Red Wings franchise for the next 15 years. It's a huge gamble, but if you're taking a gamble on anybody it's a goalie.
1: If the Red Wings drafted 15th this year, I'd be like praying for Askarov.
2: I would think so too. Yeah. A hundred percent. And again, I'm, I'm very pro. Uh, if the Red Wings want to take a swing on a goalie in the second round, do it. If they want a Nico Dawes or they want a who's the Swedish one, Blomqvist, go for it. I'm, I'm very pro at it. it. If you're ever going to do it, it's a year you have four picks in the first two rounds.
0: Yeah, it's, I don't even want to think about that right now. It'll be interesting when, if you start. I think if you start seeing teams pick guys later than what the the hockey insiders viewed as their their spot, you might see Askarov fall because teams will be like, "Well, we never imagined we'd have a chance at this guy. We can't not take him now." So that would be one condition I'd see Askarov falling, and maybe worth trading up for. But uh, all these narratives are going to start to develop once we get to about pick five. <laughs> After the first two picks, it's game on. It, it's funny, too, because last year with,
2: we, you know, having a proper season, a proper draft lottery at times, we, we could basically sit there in April and go, pick 13, Florida take Spencer Knight. Like, you could just see that team and you go, that's where the goalie's going. Yeah, I don't know if we have that this year and we don't know the draft order and I can't think of a team that is super obvious in need of a goalie. The one that I would say is gave their pick to Ottawa. So it complicates it. New Jersey's got two high picks. I could, and Blackwood may not be the answer for them. So I could see them taking Askarov in the top 10. Uh, There's a bunch of these fringe playoff teams I could see taking a swing. Chicago would make a ton of sense depending where they land. But yeah, it's... It's chaos, and I wish I had more hard content to talk about.
0: My off the board pick for the Red Wings is if um, Jamie Drysdale's pick before them, they'll take Jake Sanderson.
2: Oh, uh. don't you put that evil <laughs> on me. <laughs> I don't.
0: will drive to your house and punch you in the face if that happens. I just have this feeling that we're not done picking our decor, and we'll take Sanderson or we'll take Wallander. Wallander. Wallander
2: might, will probably be there at 32. So if they pick him at four, I'm jumping off a cliff.
0: Yeah. Jake Sanderson
2: was my first one. I was kidding. Uh, I, I don't hate Jake Sanderson, but Jesus Christ, at fourth overall, I'd lose it. Like, don't get me wrong. I love more cider, Sider, but you could go back and redraft last year. And if we're picking fourth and we pick Mo Sider at fourth, I'm pissed. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Uh, and I like Sanderson less than I like Sider. So <laughs> please move. God, no.
1: Moving on here, Dead Panda Society is giving us an update on his NHL 20 team that he's made based on our rankings. He says, "Hey guys, uh, i took your advice on the roster, and we are fourth worst in the league and uh, fell to sixth in the draft. Of course, that was perfect. We had Stutzel fall to us, and Paterka fell to us at 35. So the German three are going to dominate. Also, in the second season, I traded for Dominic Box. So we have the top four German lineup. Didn't do a good job explaining, but I need potential for each player." Uh, the best is franchise player elite top six and top nine and then having a high normal and low so connor mcdavid is a high franchise um that made no sense to me so i'm gonna no same take this one so he means okay so for each prospect that we're gonna give you or i'm gonna name we say whether they can be a franchise player elite top six or top nine and then high or low probability for each so i say alexi lafreniere is a high chance or a normal chance for um franchise player.
2: Yeah, sure.
1: Quentin Byfield high chance for elite. Tim yes. Tim Stutzla low chance for elite. High chance for whatever the tier below that is. Top 6. Yeah. Lucas Raymond I'd say is the same then. Yep. And then I'd say Jamie Drysdale is a high chance for top 4. Yep. Um and then rating like end rating LaFrenier 94 Byfield 92 Stutzla 90 Raymond, 90 Drysdale, 90
2: Drysdale. That's the top of their game. Drysdale, 88 fight me
1: a buy cop guy, golf guy, and prick guy. Uh, Josh Rosnowski says in a hypothetical bizarro world, the Red Wings win the cup this year. Larkin is de facto captain. So he accepts the cup from Bettman. Who does he hand it off to first? I did this in Chell with our roster from last year. And it was Franz Nielsen. Um, I'd say Erickson or Howard.
2: Nah, but they've got it before. They were both around in 08.
1: Yeah, but who else... Like Howard needs it just for how many shots he's had to to face.
2: It basically goes to the oldest player who doesn't have a cup. So I I think Franz, especially given that he wears a letter, probably is the right answer. Um, I could see DeKaiser getting it pretty quickly. I could see... Nemeth being higher on that list even though he's like what late 20s early 30s
0: all of these answers are wrong because we're gonna trade a 7th round or a late round conditional draft pick for Joe Thornton oh god okay
2: but who he who he should hand it to first based on the amount of adversity he's had in his career and specifically with the Red Wings that thing should go straight to Jonathan Bernier yeah <laughs> That guy suffered through the Leafs' dark days and the Red Wings' dark days.
1: Uh, Eric Schrader says, Hey guys, I've been listening for about two and a half years now and finally decided to become a patron. Eric, thank you so much and welcome to the Dub, dub. Um, In the theme of positivity, let's talk about just how much of a shining light Moritz Cider has been over the course of the year. I'm based in Grand Rapids, so I've gotten to see him destroy guys and make great defensive plays all year. Thanks for everything. He's been... A beacon of positivity and fun that this team, we saw a little bit with Philip Zadina, but it was nice to get an extra big infusion of that from Warren Sider.
2: He is proving worthy of a sixth overall pick, which I didn't think there was a snowball's chance in hell of happening when it happened. It's Amazing.
1: Uh, Maria Beekman says, "Longtime listener, first-time commenter. Thank you, Maria, so much for your support, and welcome to the DubDub family. She says, uh, hey, Dubs question from Upper Michigan. What are the chances that next year's NHL season is unaffected by this year's delays? Thanks. Slim to none. I think it'll be affected in its start date. Is there a chance that we see a full 82 games? I, I still think that's on the table, depending on how quickly they can get these playoffs done um i wouldn't call it probable i, I think mean you could even hope for like a one in four shot of that happening but it would still it would end late it would start and end late at this point though
2: you, you would be amazed how much time you make up when you cancel the bye weeks you reduce training camp and preseason, and you cancel the r-star you make up a few weeks of hockey there so i'd say it's great and not not to well to put a positive on a possible downer there's a reality this season starts in October because there's still a reality where the rest of this season doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair
1: point. They might just throw in the towel uh, right now, but I don't think with all the work that they've done, they would be very no. want to do that. Wave two would have to hit quicker than it's being predicted for
2: that to happen, but it is possible.
1: Uh, Kara Y says hi guys I think your answer to my Rose question last week is a bit of a cop out but I'll allow it and I apologize earlier for Brad's um, Rose erasure Um, (laughs) taking a slightly different avenue with this question but still of course inspired by your favorite Swedish trade piece who is your favorite undervalued uh, slash underdog wing
2: undervalued slash underdog
0: ooh
1: Mm. there's a few French
0: player Oh, yeah. I think it has current to be current
2: player. player. Yeah, current player. It's too easy
1: if you go into the past. We, of-
2: we have nitpicked this team to the bone. I don't think there is anybody we haven't done a deep dive on. So how is anybody going to be undervalued right now?
1: First of all, nobody asks you to show. Secondly, um, I'll go for Nemeth here. I think Nemeth's often overlooked because he's not a a huge offensive contributor on defense but i think for a team that hasn't seen defensive stability in a long time he comes in and does that pretty effectively um and i you know what not thrilling to watch but i appreciate it so nemeth is one of my answers there since
2: you're making me go with the current player i'm gonna go in the exact opposite direction and say this defense provided absolutely no goddamn offense except for Ronick and madison no
1: you piece of shit you're a piece of shit (laughs) (laughs) you're garbage that's a garbage answer brad
2: yeah with garbage parameters bite me
1: (laughs) evan who's your undervalued red wing
0: there aren't a lot the fans you the fans fans. fans. (laughs) i see the attendance at the games we're not deserving of that all six of you in the stands 50 50 tonight is 35 cents <laughs> that-
1: <laughs> <laughs> the winner is fred that one guy in section 112 congratulations brad crisco on winning the 50 50 you actually owe us nine more dollars
0: <laughs> i don't know are they under is it undervalued or underappreciated a little bit of both well undervalued has to be robbie fabry He's going to make under-play? a lot more money next time. <laughs> uh,
2: well, oh, and of course, Evan would come in to take it too. Literally,
1: this might be the only way you
2: uh, can.
0: Maybe I feel like people don't maybe don't appreciate DeKaiser as much as they do, but I don't really have a pulse on that anymore. Neither does he. Maybe it'd be great if you played more. <laughs> um, who else? There's not a
1: lot. You know what? I'm going to say this. I'm going to move on because I am not am going to take shit G- for it. Jimmy, Jimmy Howard. Yeah. Oh, okay. He <laughs> he there we go. This year. No, no, he's been garbage this year, but he, fought, I'd say his, he deserves it. He his deserves body of work,
0: current. his <laughs> body <laughs>
1: of work for sure has been underappreciated. I changed the rules. Cause it was convenient to me, Brad. Uh, Kara goes on to say it's Kara. Like Sarah, you tried Ryan. I'm sorry. Um, and, PPS. What did I say about the one for one jokes? It still hurts me. I heard I saw that you're getting a De Rose jersey, so I'm happy that you at least have that. Darren House says, not really a question, but this will be the first year the Wings will be drafting with Draper as the head of amateur scouting, along with some other new scouts added to the team. Eisman will have spent the entire year with Draper and his new team uh, working on the draft board compared to last year when he had to become our GM shortly before the draft. It'll be interesting to see how different we draft this year with Tyler Wright out of the equation for the first time in many years. Hopefully we can knock this one out of the park Owen oh, getting lafreniere wouldn't hurt either trust the Iser plan cheers yeah don't be surprised to see a differing draft strategy this year
2: honestly Kate, okay. uh, uh, above all and beyond i want nothing more than lafreniere in this draft but one huge silver lining if the red wings do fall to fourth is that would give us a really good glimpse into eiserman and the eiserman draper commos draft strategy. Do they go for someone like Raymond? Do they go for a defenseman? Do they go off the board for Noskrov? It will be
1: interesting. Let's do that experiment at pick 32, Brad.
2: Also, well, <laughs> it's going to be a cumulative package here. Yeah, of course, the whole draft. If they pick, yeah. if they do a Tyler Wright and they don't draft anybody, be, unless they're over six foot two. <laughs> like, seriously, it, the Red Wings 2017 draft might go down as the one of the worst draft of all time, especially considering they had 11 picks. They might not get a top six player out of that with 11 picks, including a top 10.
1: That Oh, my God. I'm still angry about that one. I'll give you a cumulative package. Yakaruta says, I've had this idea about draft picks panning out on average. A first round pick is successful if you get a first line slash first pair player. Second round picks are successful if you get a second line player and so forth. That means any player picked in the fifth round or later playing in the NHL is a steal of sorts. Lately, yeah. I figured this is a bit oversimplified, but it works in my head. Do you guys have any similar things when thinking about the drafts? I probably would split the first round into first half of the first round. I'm expecting a first line or top pairing player and second half, I would understand slash expect if they were a second line or second pairing player.
2: I So based on how many players, so roughly you get 60 NHL players out of a draft. So if you break down tiers of that, Yeah, that's about fair, Uh, but it doesn't line up linear. Like You get these players spread out because teams miss picks, yada, yada, yada. So I want a top six forward, top four defenseman out of the first round 10 out of 10 times. I don't care where you're picking in the first round. You can get them there because they're available in the second round, which means if you didn't get one in the first, you just missed. And I'm happy with middle six, middle pair, second round, and then an NHL beyond that is a win.
1: Joseph Fournier says, "Hey there, fellas! Nice interview with Scott Wheeler. I'm now on the Marco Rossi train. All aboard! Just binged Glow on Netflix. Highly recommend. It's ton of it's tons of fun. Three seasons so far, ten episodes each. Well worth your time. Go to Brad's Twitter post about uh, hockey names and check out the list of made up American names from the early '90s Japanese baseball video game. Good lord, these are hilarious! Which one is your favorite? Dibs on Scott Dork. Stay fresh, cheese bags. Um, Bobson Tugnut." <laughs> It's I my name it. right now. I think I had it pulled up here. <laughs> I can't stop laughing at these. It was, I giggled to myself like an idiot for five minutes at work today. Sleeve McDyckel. <laughs> 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 Onsen Sweeney. Daryl Archideld. Anatoly Smoren. Ray, Ms- May- Ray McSgriff, McSgriff, uh Glenn Allen Mixon. <laughs> Mario McRule Wayne, uh, Raul Chamberlain, Kevin Nagilny, Tony Smerik, Bobson Dugnut, <laughs> <laughs> Willie Dustus, Jerome Gride. It's just like some weird alternate universe of our Patreon readouts. Uh, Scott Dork, Sha- Sean Furcott, Dean Westry, Mike Truck. Mike Truck is one of my favorites. Mike Truck, Dwigd, Rortugal, Tim Sandale, Carl Dandleton, Mike Hernandez, Todd Bonzalez. Oh, there's a whole second one, too. I can't there's get over it. three, this. man. There's three? <laughs> Hom Wapko. <laughs> <laughs> Wab Wonkos. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Sleeve McDyke. <laughs> oh geez that's that's content for days we can make a podcast just of those (laughs) names oh man oh well we have a lot coming up uh these coming weeks we're gonna give you guys more information on what's gonna happen for the draft lottery we're gonna be doing a live stream on youtube um and we might possibly push that out to other platforms at the same time i'm not gonna promise anything bank on it being remote just like when evan and i did our live stream reaction to the draft lottery rules but there's a chance It could be in person. There's a chance. I wouldn't bank on it. There isn't? No. Okay. Well, there's not. Brad said there's not. Um, I'm
2: taking every precaution. You both look dirty.
1: Your kids are going to be fine. Your kids are going to give it to us. In all likelihood.
2: Yeah. Evan and I are taking precautions. The kids are going to give it to me. And then, yeah,
1: exactly. Idiots. Um, we're going to be doing the live stream. We'll ha- probably have some kind of post draft lottery content, whether that's an episode or like a Patreon exclusive, like kind of hangout. Uh, we'll let you guys know. And then, of course, Episodes uh, before and after during the week. Um, Thank you guys all for tuning in. Uh, We'd like to thank all of our listeners. Hey, if you guys want to do something for us, um, a really big thing, and I know we make this um, call out from time to time, but if you guys uh, listen on iTunes or Spotify, give us a rating. Um, iTunes also allows you to uh, leave comments on the ratings. So if you guys want to leave a nice comment, you know, five star ratings mean the world to us. So if that's something that you want to do, if not, uh, thank you just for listening and supporting the show all of our listeners, all of our patrons, our name-level sponsors, the septic tank of that bitch, Carol Baskins, Brendan Geldof, which is a brand new name-level sponsor. Brendan, welcome to the DubDub family, and thank you so much for your support. Greach, uh, Jeremiah Dobo, Jake Kiefer, Dead Panda Society, Brad Smith, Andrew Bohan, Scott Martin, Kayla Thompson, Jacob Turner, Matt McKay, Brandon M, Matthew M. Rice, Luke Johnson, Clayton Van Dyken, Kaylen Wood, Hassam Al-Khassam, Arjun Shanker, Charlie Elkins, Hannah Lee, Josh Rosnowski, Alex Ott, Chris Frank, Connor Leighton, Danny Jr., Matthew Keeler, Simon Anderson, Antonio Gracia, Gracias, and John Evans. Uh, and k and Stan Olson, thank you all so much. We love you so much. We will see you on Sunday.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links to other ways to support the show, such as Patreon, official podcast apparel, and more. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Winged Wheel Pod. And of course, the hosts at Brad Crisco, at Ryan Hanna, WWP, and at Hockey Town Evan.